0: This is the Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio with Scott Soshnick
1: and Michael Barr. Over the next hour, we will explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And we will talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. Today, he is the president of arguably the most famous brand in all of sports. Randy Levine of the New York Yankees will join us. And Scott, the
0: Dodgers, not the Yankees, have the biggest payroll in baseball. How can you get a slice of the team? We'll speak with the man trying to find a buyer for a piece of the club, Sal
1: Galatiotto. But first, the biggest golf tournament of the year is underway at Augusta, the Masters. Now you'd think you need stacks of money while attending, but think again. Scott, a week-long
0: badge costs $325. Now, that's not bad. That's about the same price you would pay for decent seats to watch one NBA game. And if you're hungry, the pimento cheese sandwiches go for a buck $1.50, supersized with chips and a beer, and you're still at only $4.
1: Yeah, but Michael, I would encourage you to go to Bloomberg.com. There, there's a story on how you can go in style for about hundred grand. That's your price range. You'll get tips on where to stay, how to get there, how to get around, where to shop, and where to party. Now, if you want to party in football these days and you don't bring a lot of cash, Atlanta's the spot to be. Yes, Atlanta is the hot spot. But the big thing, too, about Atlanta is that you got a brand
0: new stadium coming up, man, in the fall. That's going to be a hot spot to play in and enjoy your time as a fan.
1: And you don't have to spend big bucks. Arthur Blank is changing the paradigm. In Atlanta, what he was finding is that fans were not showing up early, and they weren't buying all that much of the concession stands. The reason? The stuff cost too much. So he listened to the customer, and he's changing things around a bit. Nothing like a cheap
0: hot dog, which is what you should get, like or cheap beer if you're at the stadium, whatever. It costs too much, as some people complained about, it, when you're trying to go see not just a football game, but a baseball
1: game, even a hockey game. Yeah, but this isn't charity. I mean, think about it. $2 hot dogs, $3 pretzels. For 5 bucks, you get an unlimited soda. Now, I have a son. I bring him to the game. I can spend 75 bucks on food. Easy. But this is not about charity. What they're thinking is... That this will draw people to the stadium early, those who went out to lunch before coming because they didn't want to spend big money, and they'll have more while they're there because they can afford it. So they see this as a revenue generator, not as something just a nice thing for the fan. Of course, there's something in it for the team as well. Now,
0: I know the Falcons, they'll have the new stadium, but many stadiums in baseball and football, they have those specialty dishes where you have the hot dogs and the nachos and then the cheese on the nachos and then you call it a special name and wham, you've got this special dish that people love. Yeah,
1: and they had to change it up a little bit here. The way it usually works is that the company you hire to manage your food, in this, in this case in this stadium, it's Levy's, you have to pay them a portion of the revenue. But what the Falcons are doing is guaranteeing Levy a number. So there is no reason for them to charge a high dollar amount. They will take the risk, meaning the team will take the risk after making that payment that they will make that money back. All the risk rests with the team, which is why they're able to do this now. The team is almost acting like a subsidy. Acting like a subsidy for the fans, but they really think they'll make their money back. Another big story, we are following the Olympics
0: on ice for the NHL.
2: Still on time. Uh, still, uh, everything can change. But uh, in my mind, uh, yeah. like I said already, uh, I, I'm
0: going and doesn't yeah. matter what. Now that was Washington Capitals star Alex Ovechkin reacting to the NHL's decision to not participate in next year's Olympics in South Korea because NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman said so, and he just put his foot down about that. And I'm wondering how this is going to play out.
1: This is going to play out in an ugly manner. And you know why? This is something that players really care about. They want to go play in the Olympics. They are not concerned about things like insurance and shutting down the NHL season and competitive balance. They don't care. What they want to do is pull on the sweater that says either CCCP, USA, they want to represent their countries, they feel strongly about it, and right now it's out of their hands.
0: And from what I'm hearing from Bettman, this isn't, like you said, not about, oh, we care about the safety. And I'm not trying to slam Batman or the NHL, but this sounds more like, hey, we want to get in on some of the piece of the pie when it comes to the Olympics and uh, some of the uh, marketing
1: involved. I have spent a career in this business shattering the myth that these teams are civic trusts somehow. I know people care passionately about them. I know cities are involved. I get it. But they are businesses, and these owners look at them as businesses. If I'm going to shut down my season for any reason, the owners are saying we need to be compensated. You need to pay travel, you need to pay insurance, and what's in it for us? This is our brand. The NHL players, our contracts, more than $3 billion worth of contracts. You want us to give that to you, to the IOC for free? Things don't work that way. They want some of that scratch.
0: Sounds like the old Minnesota North Stars when they moved. Remember those last few games? You couldn't find anybody in the stands.
1: Yeah, and just be careful now. Next time they're at the negotiating table, players have long memories If this does not work out. This could get ugly.
0: Another big story of the week. Amazon.com paying $50 million to
1: stream NFL games on Thursday nights. The bidders were Twitter, which had it already. Facebook was involved. But going to to Amazon, which does a very good job at separating people from their money. This is about as much selling merch as it is broadcasting games on some other platform.
0: This is huge for Amazon, obviously, because they've been trying to get into something like this for a long time. You can get 10 games, I believe it's 10
1: games that you can get on Thursday night. This is about experimentation for the NFL. They went to Twitter. Now they're trying Amazon. This will really heat up in 2021. That's when the traditional broadcast contracts of the NFL begin to expire. Now I'm talking brands like ESPN, Fox, CBS, NFL. What the NFL wants is alternate companies, Facebooks, Twitters, becoming real bidders for sports TV rights, whether it's to sell merch or whether it's to to really draw people in as a rating. The NFL wants more bidders because we all know more bidders equals more money. This is the Business of Sports
0: on Bloomberg Radio
1: with Scott Sosnick and Michael Barr. In just a few minutes, we'll speak with the president of perhaps the most famous team in the world, the New York Yankees. That's coming up. But first, we chat with Sal Galiciotto, the founder of Galiciotto Sports Partners, the man charged with selling a piece of the Los Angeles Dodgers. That seems like an easy task, Sal.
3: Oh, nothing is easy. Come on, you're killing me here. You know, but they're not going to pay me if if it's easy.
1: <laughs> but let, let's be real. Of all the brands in sports, the Dodgers are one of those blue-chip marquee brands that will attract more attention than, let's say, hey, Sal, I need you to sell a piece of the Ottawa Senators. No offense to Ottawa. Uh,
3: yes, no offense to Ottawa. But, yes, the Dodgers are a great, iconic brand. They have a national fan base. Um, as you know, they used to be in Brooklyn. Uh, and for some reason, they moved out to the West Coast, which they still haven't been able to fully ascertain. Um, but, yeah, it's a great brand. Uh, they, highest attendance in Major League Baseball for a number of years in a row. Southern California, I mean, come on, it is it is a great brand. It really is, and, and there is a lot of interest around it, as there should be.
0: I have to ask if you're trying to package it as Joe Blow Bloke. And you can't tell me it's like, hey, I'm selling the Dodgers. You want to buy it? And sure, here's my five dollars. So, how do you package something like this? Well, I mean, look, you you
3: you tell the story. You talk about the future of Major League Baseball. You talk about the demographics in the Los Angeles area, uh, the team's really strong local media contract, and really the future of baseball. I mean, it, it it's tremendous media content has more media content than any other sport by far um so there are so many positives to talk about
1: what are the dodgers looking for sal because when you bring on a limited partner in the old days it was who's going to pay me the most money that's the way it used to work now the controlling shareholder wants to know personality and so does the lp do we work well together what else do they bring to the table all things being equal dollars being equal what does this group, this person, this entity bring to the table? What do the Dodgers want?
3: Look, you want partners you can work with, people who share, a, a, you know, common interest, a common goal for the team. Um, you know, when they purchased uh, the, the team, they didn't go out with limiteds. You know, a lot of people have inquired about the team over the years. Um, and so we're looking for the right people, the people who whose personalities fit and, and who have a real affinity for the team. I mean, clearly that's very important here.
0: I think one of the things, and some people disagree with me, but one of the things in packaging a team and trying to sell it is a combination between any team and fantasy sports. Because fantasy sports has brought... Not just baseball, but football, basketball, hockey. It has brought it to the forefront. So, I guess I ask, can the Dodgers find a way to help incorporate fantasy sports to help package selling this team? Yeah, look, uh, the Dodgers are such a great name. Uh, they, they they go into
3: things beyond just playing baseball, right? I mean, yes, fantasy sports is something people think about. They think about future revenue streams that might be generated from there. Um, So there there are a whole bunch of variables, but but generally it's what Scott said. I mean, they're just a tremendous brand. So when you say to someone, look, you have the opportunity to invest in the Dodgers, the Dodgers present a a certain really first-class image, and you don't have to explain a lot about the Dodgers. People know who they
1: are. We are chatting with Sal Galatioto, the founder of Galatioto Sports Partners. And Sal, you mentioned the media contract earlier, and that all came about when Guggenheim partners, and that includes Magic Johnson, Peter Goober, this is a big entertainment play. That all came about with Time Warner and $2 billion, $8 billion, rather, guaranteed. But what the Dodgers don't have is carriage agreements with a lot of the cable operators in Southern California. Are potential buyers concerned about when this standoff might end or if it will end?
3: I haven't had anybody really ask me about that. I mean, the the, the contract is the contract, so the team gets the revenues that the, that are obligated to them. I mean, certainly, you know, look, it's got to be resolved. Everybody knows that. You want to reach the majority of, of your fan base. But, no, I haven't anybody really asked a lot of questions about that. And I, and I, and I guess, again, everybody... Assumes that it's going to be resolved favorably.
0: I have to ask, too, because the Dodgers, they're still in, in terms of today, the old stadium compared to some of the brand-new fancy-pants stadiums that are out there now. So so I guess to ask the question is, is that something down the road one day maybe the Dodgers will think about maybe building a brand-new stadium?
3: I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, they've spent a lot of money renovating Dodgers
0: Stadium. It, it,
3: it really looks good. I mean, I, I was there... About a month ago, uh, their attendance is just tremendous. Uh, you know, people seem to really enjoy going there. So, look, anything is possible in the future, but I think you know, in, in the short run, I think Dodger Stadium is Dodger Stadium. It's, it's kind of iconic. Hey,
1: Sally, remember when everybody thought Guggenheim was crazy? $2 billion, $2.15 billion. <laughs> That didn't last very long, did it? I was no,
3: no, it didn't. But but you know, look, I want to give them credit because they did they did have vision to see what the Dodgers could be. Um, but look, asset values have been going up across the board in in all of the major league sports in in North America. I mean, they just they have been. Media content value is is still on the rise and look, they, they're not the only ones that people criticize when they paid a price for, for a team and then found out that, whoops, you know, we were wrong. Prices kept going up. So, but, but to their credit,
1: they, they recognized it. Do you smile when you see a story like the NFL signs a deal with Amazon paying $50 million to sample the product because you know that this will filter out to every sport more bidders more money more people interested whether it's content merchandise this is good for the owners of pro sports teams
3: no doubt no, no doubt it is and and look as 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 technology continues to improve right and people can edit out all the commercials and watch a television program 3 days later guess what the value of live sports gets goes up and up to advertisers because it's the one thing that people watch as it's occurring right nobody's gonna watch a game three days later and edit out the commercials they're watching while the game's going on right and that value is gonna be there it's gonna be the bedrock and in a lot of other media content doesn't have that
1: yeah that's what everybody wants live DVR proof advertisers are still turning to sports absolutely
3: absolutely and and It doesn't matter how it's distributed, right? As long as you own the content, you don't care if it's distributed, you know, streaming or uh, on cable or over the top. It doesn't make any difference to you as long as you control the content and get paid for that
1: content. You are receiving offers. You put out teasers. Dodgers are available. I assume that causes some sort of frothy interest around the world. What was it like in the first days, weeks, of the announcement that the Dodgers were looking for partners.
3: Well, I mean, you know, people approach us, they they, they discuss uh the possibility of investing. Look, we have a pretty deep Rolodex, if you will, database of, of prospective investors. We go to those people. But you know, they have to be people that, in the past, have said to us we're interested in Major League Baseball. Some have said we're interested in Major League Baseball, but it's got to be on the West Coast. Uh, but the, as I said, the Dodgers are a national and international brand, so we've gotten inquiries from a number of people, and um, we're still talking to people right now. You know, we, we want to find the right partners. Very important to us.
0: I just wonder how much ego is involved also, let's be honest. You have to be someone with a little bit of an ego to say, hey, I own part of the Dodgers, kind of like a Mark Cuban. (laughs) I think there's ego always involved
3: in buying any sports asset, right? Um, I think there's an ego premium involved in buying sports assets. Uh, The big name sports assets, yes, there are more people who want their names associated with them because... Let's face it. You get more name recognition when you're with the Dodgers or, or with any really, you know, top tier franchise. So yes, I, I think that does spur people on to a certain extent.
1: What are some of the reasons you're hearing why people want to invest? I did a story years ago on who these people are who own one or two or three percent. This will be a little bit more than that, obviously. But some say, well, who else can close a deal? on the fifty yard line or in the clubhouse. It's an advantage in my core business. What sorts of reasons do people invest in these these clubs as limited partners?
3: Yeah, Scott, that's part of it. I think I think part of it is people view it as uh, a non-correlated asset to the stock market. I think people are, are more and more viewing it as media content value and premier media content value. You know, rather than having the traditional investors when prices were lower, where people were, you know, where, where ego was was the driver, it's not. I think it's less. I think people viewing it as a way to diversify their investments um, into a very unique asset class and let's face it, they're not making any more of these, right? Or they're making very few of these. So if you can get into a premier brand and you're viewing it as a long-term investment, you know, look at the history of these investments and how well people have done, have invested in these things. It it always looked like they overpaid, but, you know, within five years, you notice, no, they didn't overpay.
0: I always wonder which one is the better owner, the guy who used to be a sports athlete or a guy who's like Thurston Howell III?
3: You know, it depends on the person's personality. I mean, I, I, it, it, there are people who are former athletes who are just tremendous people, and there are people who aren't so much. You know, you kind of gauge, you have to gauge the person, uh, and you know, a lot of the people that we're talking to are people we've known for
1: a long time, and that makes it a lot easier. Sal, so let me ask you this: If I came to you and said I am interested first and foremost in return on investment, I must have good return. Which sport would you point to and say, put your money here? We know the NFL is the behemoth. We know Major League Baseball has things like BAM Tech and ancillary revenue. But where would you say, I would look here if you want return on investment?
3: That's interesting. I, I don't know if i do it by sport. I'd do it more by franchise, right? Because each sport has a, a few franchises in them that uh, are just head and shoulders above the rest. Now, the NFL, not so much because such a large percentage of your revenues come from national sources. So whether you're in Buffalo or you're in New York City, you're going to get the same share of the national media contract, right? And there aren't that many games, so you're going to have eight games. So the venue revenues are variable, but not as much. But you know, baseball has those elite teams. Hockey has those elite teams. The NBA has those elite teams. And there is a bifurcation in in appreciation. The elite teams appreciate faster than some of the teams that aren't elite teams. So, uh, you know, and I also tell you something else. If you're going to invest in a sport, invest in a sport you love. Don't invest in... Whatever sport it is, because you think you're going to get the highest return, because part of the return you're going to get here is a psychic return. And if you really love the investment you've made, there's nothing better than that, because you're going to make money, but you're also going to enjoy owning it. Why buy into a sport that you're not really interested in?
0: What about a soccer team? Because there are a lot of soccer teams around the world. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of soccer teams
3: around the world. If you love soccer, uh, there are some soccer teams uh, that I think there's significant upside in. Some, you know, haven't been marketed effectively. Some haven't been managed very effectively. So, yeah, there's upside. I mean, you've you, you got to dig a little bit. The, the risk you have there is promotion and relegation which you don't have here, right? If you own the worst NFL team and you lose every game, you still own an NFL team. If you go and buy a team in the English Premier League and you lose a lot, you could get relegated and you drop out the bottom. And that has a significant impact on the value of the franchise. You don't get that in North American sports.
1: Sure would be fun watching Jimmy Dolan sweat out relegation. Our thanks to <laughs> Sal Galatioto, the founder of Galatioto Sports Partners, and the man charged with selling a piece of the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is the Business of Sports on
0: Bloomberg Radio
1: with Scott Sosnick and Michael Barr. I guess our guest does need an introduction, even though he doesn't need an introduction. There are sports brands, and then there are sports brands. Randy Levine, president of the New York Yankees. Randy, thank you for joining us. Always good to be with you, Scott, and you, Michael. It's a pleasure. Season is underway. Looking forward, how do the business metrics of the New York Yankees look at the start of this season?
2: I think they're looking uh, very good. Uh, uh, You know, we just completed some uh, pretty substantial renovations to Yankee Stadium to try and meet some of the needs of our younger, uh, millennial fan base, and they seem to be responding. Uh, we spent a lot of time over the, you know, past couple of years, uh, researching how to get more fans, uh, into the building on the sponsorship side and where, and the media side, you know, where we continue to be very, very strong. And, you know, most important is the product on the field. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of really good young players who, uh, are getting an opportunity to play and, uh, uh, fans love to see homegrown young players, and uh, it seems to be very appealing
1: so far. and Randy, you and I have talked about millennials and how difficult it is to reach that audience. They don't buy season tickets. They don't make plans to show up at the stadium. They just do show up when they want. But when there, they do spend a lot of bucks, don't they?
2: Yes, I mean they're 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 very different from my generation. Some of the uh, you know. I hate to say it, uh, older people, uh, they're they're late deciders, Uh, they come a lot of times uh, in groups. And uh, they like to participate in the game uh, for some of them, not all of them. For some of them, you know, taking a selfie in a, in a cool spot is as important as, you know, watching the team score runs or, or win. So we try and uh, accommodate all fans in, in all ways. It's, uh, it's very, very uh, unique. It took a long time to really try and understand uh, uh, what they
0: seek, what they like, and we're trying hard to accommodate them. I'm a native Detroiter, so when I would see the Yankees come into Tiger Stadium, I knew these are the Yankees. So then I moved out here to New York, and you realize how extremely popular the Yankees are. In fact, I tried to go to a day game several years ago when the Royals were playing, and the Royals weren't that Good to be honest with you. And I just thought it would be easy to go in and get some tickets and go in and see the day game.
1: No, it wasn't even close. Well, the Yankees are quite the draw. I mean, you know that, Randy. You, you, that's part of the revenue sharing argument. The Yankees generate more than anybody else.
0: Yeah, we we do.
2: We've been forever the the largest revenue uh, uh, generating team in in Major League Baseball. And, uh you know we we honestly over the last couple of years uh, have had a little downturn in attendance that it looks like we've turned it around and uh, you know for all the reasons I, I just spoke to you guys but you know baseball is uh, is is intrinsic into the uh, American spirit you know it's a it's a six-month situation I'm always surprised how passionate you know people are some people have good days or bad days depending whether we win a little uh, I hear it when I walk the streets, and that's the great part. And the great part about the Yankees, I always say, is you know, there are a lot of
0: people who love us and a lot of people who hate us, but a lot of people are thinking about us all the time. What challenges the baseball industry, what are they facing right now? The biggest
2: challenge, as uh, Commissioner Manford has said over and over again, is what we were talking about. It's to try and get more young fans, young people uh involved in the game. That's why there's a lot, a lot of effort being gone, going into, you know, find ways to move the game along, make the game more exciting. You hear all the discussion on, you know, some of these rule changes. The recent one, obviously, uh, you know, you don't have to throw four balls for an intentional walk, you know, trying to limit the amount of pitcher visits to the mound you know the game has become a bullpen game so there's a lot a lot of you know breaks in the action and and also you know to reach out you know to uh, diverse communities to make sure that you know, there are baseball fans in, in all communities, both uh, in this country and, and all over the world. So that's where the commissioner, with all the backing of the clubs, uh, is spending a lot of time. And I think you have to be able to, you know, secure the next generation, both for the Yankees and, and all and, uh, and all teams. And I also think, you know, in, in this time of technology, there's a, a growing uh, constant transition to how people... You know, get the games, get news of the games. You know, uh, they want it quick, they want it fast. Some people are, you know, want to see highlights. They can't watch a full three-hour game. You know, more people, you know, get the game streamed now than just watching TV. So it's it's an effort not only for baseball but for all sports to try and you know stay
1: current. We are chatting with Yankees president Randy Levine, and Randy, I'm glad you brought up technology, baseball recently announced a deal with Twitter where Friday night games will be shown on Twitter. That's one way to possibly reach the younger demographic. But what about that argument that particularly millennials like to make is I'm more comfortable at home. Does that scare you as someone who runs a team that people would opt for the at home on my couch experience over the in arena slash in stadium experience?
2: You know, the the goal is not only you know to watch the great team and great teams who they're playing in the great sport, but to give them a reason to basically say it's a better experience. Go experience it. It's cooler. It's better. It's more fun. It's more enjoyable. With your friends, your family, come watch it at the stadium. That's why we did these renovations. Uh, we did a lot of renovations at uh, Steinbrenner Field in Tampa. You know, in spring training.
1: What did you do at the stadium? For folks don't know, what exactly did you do?
2: The main thing we did is uh, out in the bleachers, there was, you know, uh, about 1,100, 1,200, I remember the exact number of obstructed bleacher seats. Uh, We took those seats out and we put in terraces, you know, with uh, food, a bar, where anybody in the stadium can come, you know, enjoy themselves you're you're you know looking right over the uh, the outfield you can see into the bullpens and it's a great experience a gathering place for millennials we put some fan friendly kids clubs in in other words we try to structure areas in the stadium that would provide a lot, a lot of activities for people to come to the game, enjoy, spend time with their friends, their family, their kids, while watching the game, and experience something different than, you know, just the traditional sitting in the ballpark
0: and watching the game. What about internet connections? Many people, they come to the ballpark because they want to follow fantasy sports, or for that matter, just follow uh, other teams as well. What about internet connections? Oh, Yankee Stadium, you know, uh,
2: is completely wired, you know, we're, we're probably uh, as good as anybody, I don't think there's anybody as, uh, as uh, technology-friendly in the ballpark as us, you know, whether you're ordering food, whether you're following around, you know, with stats of each batter and how it goes, whether uh, uh, you want to communicate with a friend, uh, communicate with us, uh, you know, we have all of that available. That's important.
1: Every owner is always looking for the next great revenue stream, Randy, and one that might be on the horizon is legalized, federally regulated sports betting. Commissioner Manfred has loosened his stance. He said it's time for us to take a fresh look. Do you also bang that drum that it's time to take a fresh look at legalized sports betting?
2: I think uh, I'm I'm a total supporter of the commissioner. Uh, I think, you know, it's always the devils are in the details, but... You know, obviously, there's a lot of betting going on right now, and uh, if it can be you know, harnered, if it can be made secure, safe, and a revenue stream,
0: yes, I think it's absolutely a something to take a look at. In football, we're seeing the Raiders, they're moving to Las Vegas, there's an NHL team now that's setting up in Las Vegas. Will we one day see a baseball team in Las Vegas? I just don't know.
2: Uh, as of now, I'm not aware of any uh, expansion plans for baseball, and I'm not aware of any teams who are seeking to to relocate. So I just don't know. I think baseball is different than than football for for a town like Las Vegas, which is you know a, a great city, but. Um, Population-wise, uh, I think it's the, you probably know better, the 40th or uh, 42nd biggest uh, media market. And, you know, I think it's just a different measure when you're playing 162 games rather than playing 16.
1: Hey Randy, you're not averse from commingling brands. You're in on the soccer game as well. It's not just Pinstripe and Baseball. Part owner of NYCFC along with Manchester City. A while back, you had an affiliation with Manchester United. What about the power of these global brands what can you accomplish together with all these great global brands
2: we have a uh a company called Legends Hospitality, where our partner is uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I've heard of them. And we have, uh, of course, a partnership with uh, Manchester City and New York City Football Club. I think uh, the best way to to describe it is, you know, these unique brands, they have very successful people running them, uh, similar ideas on, you know, how to, how to win, which is very important, how to create value, and, you know, how to cross... Uh, market with each other to try and, you know, reach fans uh, that... you may not not have uh, been able to reach before uh so i mean you know there's a great appeal uh, when you have two great brands together uh when you do business with people you know it gets their attention they know that you know the people there you know have a long history of success in this business uh people here you know know what they're doing and uh, have great reach to the marketplace so it helps
1: Thank you, Randy. Thanks for joining us. All the best, guys. Our thanks to our guests this hour, New York Yankees President Randy Levine and Sal Galiciotto, the founder of Galiciotto Sports Partners.
0: You've been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. We're here every week at the same time exploring the world of money and sports. I'm Michael Barr.
1: And I'm Scott Soschnick. Thanks for joining us, and please tune in next week when we follow the money in sports.